Welcome to College Counseling Corner, a podcast dedicated to college mental health brought to you by Drs. Jordan Bernard and Greg Betts. Jordan and Greg are affiliated with Amherst College and the University of Hartford, respectively. The views expressed in this podcast are not reflective of their home institutions. Nice job. Boom. Boom. Welcome, everyone, to the second episode of College Counseling Corner. Greg, how are you feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good. Tired. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's sentiment is shared by a lot of people. How do you feel? This is our second episode, so how do you feel about our first? We're already up and running. Um, I liked it. I mean, rousing success is a strong word, but hey. You know, let's call it what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think more than anything, it was just fun to yeah. to be. I mean, we started by talking about a pandemic, so it wasn't a fun topic to talk. About, no, no, certainly. But, but it was just fun to hear your thoughts and and hopefully provide some some useful information for everybody. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah, I and I, uh, I think going through. I don't know. I I just. <laughs> again, I don't want to sit here and like pat ourselves in the back or something. I just, I hope to all of you, and I, I guess we'll just use this as a quick, a quick reminder of like, if you have feedback or anything, what we'd love to hear it as soon as we get like all that kind of that mechanism up and running, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, but regardless, I think, you know, we're, we're trying to do our best to really approach um, certainly what are really big, big things. And today's episode is, is no exception, um, but to approach these, these big things from our perspective, um, as psychologists and as psychologists in college counseling. So um, I, I, you know, I, I like listen to it through that. And I, I hope we're providing something. I, I think we're providing something um, unique in that way. That's a little bit different than maybe other podcasts, hopefully. So I, I hope so, too. And certainly people can reach us uh, directly through our website, mm-hmm. anchor.fm slash college counseling core. So that's anchor.fm slash one word college counseling c o r so we'll we'll repeat that at the end of the episode but certainly um we can we 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 welcome your feedback there and i guess eventually greg we're going to have to we're going to have to go on twitter i think that's Ugh, just no no jordan think... no no twitter, dude twitter got hacked Big okay hack. okay they hacked dude they hacked obama they did. I did just hear about that. What did they? Yeah. What, well, who? Who did you mean? Twitter oh, itself? I don't know. I mean, I didn't, I didn't look. You know that that amongst all the other daily news or something <laughs> almost feels like an afterthought. But um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, on the flip side of that, though, if we're saying like, hmm, if I'm using that as my rationale of like, well, <laughs> like the level of importance because there's a lot of important people. I think it was Obama, Elon Musk, like all, all the like lots of oh, people. Right. Like, so clearly we're not in that echelon. So I think we would be more okay. I think we are. Um, I think we are. Definitely so, not President Obama's. Maybe Elon Musk. We're almost yeah. as important as him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we, you know, kind of leading into our our episode last week or last week, man. Um, our last episode, we talked about coping with the pandemic, and why not follow that up with talking about racial injustice in our society mm-hmm, in a yeah. that's happening. we don't shy away we, do not we shy don't away. Craig, 
Greg and I follow the model of go motto of go big or go home. For absolutely, sure. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that certainly seems, yeah, yeah. That's accurate. So there is a lot happening, and Greg and I are recording this in um, mid July, and it's fair to say that there's been a lot happening um, in the, over the past couple months, and I think there's a lot to cover and a lot of feelings related to that. So, um, Greg, are you ready to get after it? I'm ready. Let's do this thing. Let's do this. Let's do okay. So on, so on May 25th of this year, George Floyd, an unarmed black man in Minneapolis, Minnesota, was murdered by a Minneapolis police officer who knelt on his neck for over eight minutes. In surveillance video of the instance, he could be heard stating, I can't breathe before losing consciousness. The alleged crime was a, was the suspected use of a counterfeit $20 bill. The phrase, I can't breathe, while being detained by police, brings people back to the murder of Eric Garner in July of 2014, another unarmed black man who was suspected of selling single cigarettes without proper tax stamps. In addition to these two men, the list of unarmed people of color killed at the hands of police or while in police custody is too long to go through in this podcast, but include individuals like Philando Castile, Breonna Taylor, Alton Sterling, Freddie Gray, Sandra Bland, and tragically... Many, many more. You know, I have to say, I, I wrote some thoughts out about this, and, and every time I read it, it's hard to get through. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to, to own that for a second, just yeah, thinking about yeah. how hard it is. So, so it is an understatement to say that George Floyd's death has reignited a movement for positive change with regards to racism and oppression of people of color in the U.S. Protests have been happening daily since his death, Social media is dominated by coverage and messaging around this reckoning, and some action appears to be happening at a very swift rate. And I want to underscore some, not all. Mm. The four officers on scene have already been charged with felonies as a result of George Floyd's death. On a more macro level, many people, and hopefully primarily white people, are using this as a chance to examine themselves and think about how they can be part of a change and how in the past they have been complicit in a society dominated by policies that further white supremacy. And when we say many people, we mean college students. So, Greg, let's dive in a little bit more. Um, there's a lot to talk about with regards to that, but I, I, I want you to have some space to, to share some of your initial thoughts and reactions now that it has been two months since George Floyd's murder. Oh, man. I, I guess first, I, I think I just want to say thank you to you because you put that together really succinctly. Um, and you and I were talking a little bit before this of just like how, I don't know, like how much, um, how kind of on top of this stuff we've been or not. And I mm -hmm. feel like, I feel like I've dropped way behind. Um, uh, but regardless, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to expand upon, I think we did, you know, that kind of just short reaction in the last episode of um, it still, it still feels, and especially when you, you, you put it that way and, you know, just listing just a very, very small number of names for a much, much larger list. Um, no, it's way too large. It's way. And so I don't know. I, it's tough. I'm, I'm, I'm like semi-speechless. I'm trying my best to kind of find it. Um, I think still just very, very tired is what like first mm -hmm. comes to my mind, you know, like, cause it, it feels like that, that idea of a one step forward, probably like five steps back, you know what I mean? Mm. So I mean, you put in there, you know, in terms of the officers has been charged and, you know, there's, um, I've been in and out of kind of um, the news and stuff like that, but in terms of what, 
what litigation and what larger policy things are happening within the, the um, Minneapolis Police Department, let alone police departments across the country. Um, so it does it does give you the feeling that this is something where people are paying attention more at a um, at at a macro level or at a, a systemic level. And then at the same time, it's like it it just it feels like a drop in the bucket. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and that I think that part is where the tiredness comes in. Yeah, yeah. And I think I I agree with that wholeheartedly and i i want to make something very clear about this podcast and what what we we our intentions are mm. and this isn't we are not hoping we are not part of a political movement with this podcast what what our hopes are is to support college students and to give information um about how these incidents, how the how this movement, how these incidents affect you, the college student. So I, I why I say that is because you can agree or disagree with some of the views that we have, and that's fine. Um, but more, what I what I want to say about that is, is is that this is more about taking care of yourself and understanding what's going on right now, and trying to avoid burnout because it can happen so easily for yeah. anyone. And, and we all know, and I think Greg, you can agree with this, but, but everybody's coming into this with a dis- different lens. I, I think it's going to be fair to say that this podcast is going to be more useful for um, our listeners who identify as white. And the reason for that is because there's more work to do for people that are white, yeah. plain and simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, people of color, African-Americans, black Americans have been dealing with this their entire lives and the stories that are coming out now uh, reinforce that. So this is, that's just a fact that's not meant to, to, to be accusatory in any way, but this is, this gets around the idea of privilege, which is Mm -hmm. something again, that we, we really, we talk about uh, probably on a daily basis with students. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think to, um, you know, like, like you were saying, you know, the, the, the focus we're taking again is not not to be accusatory, but it's just it's reality. It is mm-hmm. it is the reality of of what's happening, and I I I really hope if anything, you know, in amongst the feelings, you know, of um, certainly feeling tired, of feeling angry, of feeling um, I was just aware of like hopelessness coming up as I was talking mm-hmm. um, a couple of minutes ago. In amongst that, uh, if what can start to happen, what it feels like, you know is happening, but it's still way too early to tell for sure, is that this is resonating in the hearts and minds of, of white more in a more lasting way, I hope again. Um, but it, it feels that way right now that it's, it's hitting closer to home and people are kind of um, <laughs> the best word I was, I was going to say is like, you know, waking up, but you know, woke and all those other things come up, but, but that's what it feels <laughs> like of, you know, to, cause you, you, it's, these are things you, you, you can't ignore, you know, um, right. versus, you know, I think history, geez, history for hundreds of years up to this point is made up of whole chunks of not whole chunks of time, most of the time where, um, racial injustice and equities, um, violence against um, minorities by police and, and all sorts of other things like has been ignored. Um, systemically ignored so that aspect i hope and i think feels different now of course easy for me to say from white privilege perspective of like yes 
it's different now. All right. But you know, for, you know, how much and for how long, mm-hmm. because, you know, just by a couple of the names you listed, we've been through this before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but I, again, I, I hope it's lasting. Um, but I guess to come back around and you were, you were um, grounding us a little bit kind of for like our perspective and to get us kind of into a little bit of our discussion here. Um, I think the thing we were really, you know, looking to focus on most for this episode is, you know, recognizing that a lot of these things around um, certainly George Floyd and, and other things um, related to, um, to the larger movement, to Black Lives Matter, to these kind of things are, are being covered certainly by other people and probably better by other people. Um, but for our, for our purposes, we want to get more kind of that micro level and we, we kind of figured, you know, the best way to do that is talk about having these difficult conversations, yeah. um, having conversations about racism, having conversations amongst um, white people with other white people, white people with um, black people, with other people of color um, uh, to, to just kind of start to get um, into this stuff that, again, um, based upon you know, white fragility and other kind of things is larger, just like, nope, no, we're just going to kind of, you know, that's over there. We're like sort of aware of it, but we're not going to do it. We're not going to talk about that. No, 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 no. Um, that's been the prevailing attitude. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, our, our focus for this episode is really to come at it. Like, how do you have, how do you start to have these conversations? Yeah. Um, so I'll just kind of lead it off with the, with the question and, you know, I, we're going back with these, these kind of questions of like, um, so Jordan, how do you, how do you think we can use um, some of our own ident- identities to better examine where we are at now? Yeah. Great, great question there. I, I think this well, I, I want to just say something about what you said earlier. Th- mm. Things do feel different now um, yeah. than they ever have. And I've heard professionals who study um, police violence towards people of color for a living say that, too. So that gives me some comfort that things are a little different now. But mm. we are month two out from George Floyd's murder. We have to see where we're at a year out from now or two years out and it cannot be ignored the fact that this happened at a time when a large portion of the country was under a lockdown order and so there was a an intersection there that i think people are angry and people are um in a place of despair that was different than a lot of other times and also the visibility of George Floyd's murder, I think, is part of the difference. So I just wanted to make a, a comment on that. And, and I, I, I have some reluctance to say that things are going to be different, but also things do feel I feel I have some hope in hearing others say that there things are different. So we'll we'll mm-hmm. have to, but we'll have to see. That is a question that we we can't answer. Uh, going yeah. back to your question about how can we mm-hmm. use our identities? I think I, th- I think there's a couple of important points here that I, I want people to hear. Um, first off conversations about race are hard. They will always be hard because it's one of those issues, which there are many in life where you, it's not a, it's not a dialogue that's going to lead to right or wrong. There's a lot of unknown. You can't understand somebody else's racial experience before talking to them about it. So that in itself creates ambiguity and ambiguity leads to um, unease. And mm-hmm. especially this is what's so challenging is that for white people that are, that come from a place of privilege that may have never been aware of any of these things. And I say never, I say may have never because 
um, that just goes to privilege. But if you have, if you've done work to understand and uh, experience and talk to people about this or have experienced it in your own life based on um, where you grew up, then kudos to you. So I'm not trying to paint a broad stroke here, but, but I think what happens is that white people going into these conversations know that they are at a disadvantage of information and that is going to make it that makes it even harder to start these mm. conversations because there's going to be room for oopses you know when yeah. we do when we do group therapy i think there's always at least i do this with group therapy is like embracing the oopses and the ouches yeah, yeah. and that yep. that that's that's part of that mm. what i want i want what i want people to hear um, first and foremost is, is I encourage people to not make a common mistake that that happens time and time again when issues of racial injustice uh, come to the forefront is to not rely on their friends and loved ones who are people of color to educate them. Uh, that mm -hmm. is that is the worst thing that can happen. That leads to tokenism. That yep. leads to fatigue when communities of color are reeling because this hits home with them. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there as a first and foremost. Um, but we certainly can use our identities to better examine where we have that privilege. What have we experienced in our lifetime that may be a result of that privilege or a lack of privilege? Cause we, we all come I'm of the belief of all of us having multiple identities and um, Greg, I, 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 I think you can agree with this, but like we, mm -hmm. we do a lot of identity work in our day-to-day -day life with students. And, oh, absolutely, and so, yeah. so we, we have a certain comfort in talking about these things that isn't expected of everyone, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's one of the, and for me, it's one of the best parts of my job personally yeah. um i'll own personally i come from a multiracial background i have a puerto rican mother and i have a white father and so identity has always been somewhat uh complicated for me i think is a yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but alluring too and um mm -hmm. you know those are things that i'm sure i'll flesh out in uh, future podcasts but for right now yeah. <laughs> for right yeah. now what i would say is how we can use our own identity is to ask the questions of ourselves. What are, when was first question being, when was the first time we were aware of our racial background? And I would, you might, you, you're, if you are white, your answer is probably going to be much later than if mm. you are a person of color. Yeah. And after you ask yourself that question, I think there's other questions to ask around bias. You know, when did you experience bias, discrimination, or you saw it in someone else or, um, you know, a chance where you, could have intervened or did intervene because something racist was going on. Um, those are, those are kind of thoughtful questions and, and you don't have to have answers to all of those. You may not, you may not know the answer to all of those, but I think it's those kind of questions that get, that create more comfort to have the conversations with others, uh, other white people, maybe family members uh, around race and inequality. Yeah. You're so eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, I just, I just, I, I, I think I can appreciate and just, um, I don't know, like, I, 
I think broadly what I want to do, and this may lead into our next question a little bit, is, you know, come back to, we, we talked about this a little bit the first episode and, and the, the, the perspective we take, you know, with our focus on emotion, um, but particularly validation. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I really want to emphasize you're bringing up a little bit and it'll segue into what, what I'll talk about in a second, um, is let's just validate like that. Yeah, these are difficult conversations. These mm-hmm. are things where, like, like you said, you embrace, embrace the oopses, embrace the mess ups, embrace, um, embrace the awkward, the, um, the times when it might get a little heated, mm-hmm. um, when, when people may get defensive when people, you know, um, all of these kind of things. And so I, I think let's, let's start from that perspective of to just validate like this is not easy. And if you're white and if you're having this conversation for like the first time in your life, like not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> this mm-hmm. is the reality of it. So let's, let's name that. And I think at the same time, um, for all the reasons you know, you're bringing up there, like it's, it is not easy, but also wholly necessary, wholly um, necessary. And, and I, I think that that aspect of it, again, like um, what, I, what I think we can bring maybe different from what, what other people are having these conversations, because this validation and emotion stuff is woven into what we do um, is to you know, start from that point to just acknowledge right up front. Like, yeah, this is not going to be easy. This is going to be something difficult for you. Um, and I, I think and I hope by just leading in with that um, before anything else, it it gives people a little bit of a framework of kind of what to expect and also to, um, to practice some self-compassion to practice compassion for someone else that's sitting across from you um, or, or across the screen in these, in these, these days. Um, but, but to really acknowledge that, cause I, I, I don't know if that's a perspective that gets acknowledged amongst, you know, when, when other, when other people on another podcast or whatever would be having this conversation, you know? Yeah. I, and I think, I think it's important. That's a really great point. Self-compassion is a concept that gets thrown around a lot, but, mm-hmm. and, and it should, because it's, it's really brilliant uh, in a lot of ways. But what I, what I really think is important to know about this is that when you are talking about race, when you are talking about oppression in any area, um, we are at a point, and especially the generation of college students are at a point right now where there is a challenge to be as woke as possible. And mm. that challenge makes people even more uncomfortable because they have to show up a certain way. And I, I cannot stand that <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. because it doesn't serve any purpose and, no. and it, and it, it, it restricts dialogue as opposed to creates dialogue, first of all. And secondly, it's not everybody should be at the table for conversations. The last thing you want to do is create anything where people feel like they shouldn't, because then that allows them to get to, to hide back into their privilege. And, Mm -hmm. and what I, what I want people, what I, what I want our listeners or college students who are white to know is that every time that you start to feel that this is uncomfortable, think about the people, you know, in your life that are people of color, that are forced to have these conversations. They're forced to have these conversations because they are forced to live with this on a daily basis. And, and that hopefully gives people more motivation to lean into this discomfort that we keep going back to. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So kind of on that note, Greg, uh, I, I'm, I hope that a lot of people that are listening to this are asking themselves, okay, now what, what can I do? What can I do that would be, enough we're talking about an entire system uh built on centuries of oppression 
what can me the you know the the second year student at in college do um to fight back against this what what advice mm-hmm. what advice do you have for them or what what do you want to share with them well i think the goal to go back to you're talking a second ago and this is a little bit my segue there is like um come back to that validation idea of like you know first when you ask the question is it enough to let's just validate from the start of it it isn't mm-hmm. <laughs> you as an individual you as you know a person you you uh, there's little to nothing you can do that can just kind of snap your fingers and you know undo several hundred years worth of oppression overt racism systemic racism you know that it's um it's not possible so let's let's start there to just recognize like it isn't um and at the same time it's one of these things where i think like you know perfection gets in the way of progress um and I'll come back to what you were saying a second ago, where it's like there's there's maybe this mindset amongst college students or, or maybe people in general as well, like almost like it's a competition or something yeah. like that of like who's the most woke, who's the most yeah. whatever, and um and and then the flip side of that, you know, whether it comes to social media or any kind of things, to attack that person that's not woke enough, um, which is just such an awful place to be. Because then we're creating that that whole setup of like you were just talking about where yeah. it's like, oh, wait, I definitely can't talk about this. I definitely. So so now you're bringing somebody that maybe even though, you know, they they don't know a lot and they may not they likely don't know what they don't know. Now they're not even going to kind of dip their toe into this conversation, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, broadly, let's acknowledge that it's not enough. It isn't. Um, but again, that doesn't that doesn't mean that you can't do something. And even the something, especially when you're, you're a white individual coming from a place of privilege, can be substantial, can be meaningful. Um, so I'll you know come back a little bit to identities and stuff like that. So I'm a white, cisgendered, male, heterosexual. Like my middle name is Privilege. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was my best, my best uh, John Ralphiel right there. <laughs> nice. So, so. I, I'll just. That was pretty good, my, by the way. Did you like pretty it? Good okay, genre good. My, I'm my singing voice is not you know anything to write home about, but like yeah. you know to give just a little. Um, anyway, yeah. so, so I'll just speak from my own perspective, and I've I've been sitting with this a lot, you know, and, and you and I prepping for this episode, like, it isn't enough. Um, and I come back to like the feeling I was talking before, like it just it feels too big and it feels hopeless and it feels like that that drop in the bucket idea like i was talking about of like and and not only that i guess speaking from again from you know got the most privilege here i check all of, all of those privilege boxes like coming from that place it also feels like oh well i you know if we're going by like you know white fragility and stuff like that like i ooh, like i don't i don't understand this stuff i don't get it so i should just stay back here mm-hmm. and again like that's just so like i i get the inclination because i feel it like it's there um and at the same time, I think what I want to communicate to people is like, notice that. Of course, it's there. Let's validate it and try anyway, mm. because that that holds meaning. And even the fact that it's just you talking with another white friend or something like that still means you're having this conversation. You are starting something. You're talking about something that, again, maybe even a couple of months ago, you wouldn't be talking about. Um, and that again, I think I just want to communicate to people that that matters because that's one of these things of it's like, you know, it's, it's that first step. It's that 
you know, you push a snowball rolling down a hill, like whatever metaphor, I don't know what metaphors you use for therapy and stuff, but like, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I think when you, when you begin to just have these conversations to start to do it, acknowledging your identities, acknowledging the things you don't know, um, it's, it's going, it's going to mean something to someone at yeah. some point, <laughs> yeah. even, even if that person is only just you to start with. Yeah. Where you're just you're just starting to realize things of like, oh, I didn't realize, I didn't know that. Um, and I think the other the other big thing I'll I'll kind of advice to people is not only for the validation for all these other things we're bringing up, but it's it's try to engage, start this conversation, and then listen. Yeah, listen to someone else's lived experience. And like you were just saying a second ago, if this is a feeling you're having, if you're feeling uncomfortable, if you're feeling awkward, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling threatened defensive these are feelings shared by any person of color around you for the majority of their lives if not their entire life like this mm -hmm. is this is happening so recognize that feeling in yourself and 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 open up your ears and listen for it listen for when that's happening for someone else and be open yeah um because i i think you know next to starting the conversation the next best thing if, if not honestly maybe even the better thing is to listen to be open yeah I, I I love that, and I think I want to. One of the things that we're not going to get too much into this during the episode, but before even having conversations, and mm -hmm. before even um, while you're asking yourself questions, if you want to educate yourself, that is something that everybody should and can be doing mm -hmm. right now. And there are there are there are many books online that people. There's a lot going on in social media around like what books you can read in terms of starting when this exploration and if you've done it in special populations, because we're not just talking, this is a lot about race as it should be, but there are areas of oppression in so many other identities. Um, we could have a whole series on that. So, so mm -hmm. there are special topics, all kinds of things. One of the books that I have looked into, which I, I thoroughly enjoy and I have no problem promoting here is, is a book that's getting a lot of publicity now called how to be an anti-racist by Ibram Kendi. And um, he is going to Boston University to start an anti-racist um, department there. And one of the things that he says that I think is really important to this conversation is there is there is racist behavior and there are racist policies. What I would add to that is there are racist behaviors and racist policies everywhere. <laughs> and, yeah. and if yeah. you start to educate your start yourself, you're going to start to see them. And so that's why anything is enough. Or, or uh, why anything is important, even though it's not enough, yeah. anything is important because you could be more aware of those things happening and talk about them or mm -hmm. even get to a place to speak out against them or do some kind of allyship with with mm -hmm. that. And And what that would look like is different for everybody. But I think education is a is a really important first step to that. Yeah. And I think this would be a good segue when, when you're, you know, you're, you're starting to talk about these things in terms of education, when you're, when you're confronting racism on this, this bigger, this broader level um, that you're, you're starting to talk about here, what would you say to people? Like, what, what should you do and not do with the guilt that may come up when you start to delve into these areas? Well, yeah. One of the things I, I, I want, I wanted us to talk about this a little bit because mainly because I want to talk about the one thing to not do um, yeah. the one thing. And it kind of goes back to the education asking for your friends of color to educate you. I think this is another important point. Do not try to seek validation 
from your friends or family of color. Um, Ooh, they... Jordan, 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 I'm sorry, I got to interrupt you here. So you're telling me it's a bad idea to go to a friend or family of color and, and help them to explain to me why I'm not racist. <laughs> I shouldn't do that. That's not, you should I not do that. Are you, you should... sure? I am positive. I am positive. Yes. Well, and what happens, what happens in, in it, like you hear about this a lot is that it's not even malicious. Like, like yeah. people do this without even knowing it because of the classic, well, I have a lot of friends that are black. I have mm-hmm. coworkers that are black. I have friends in my fraternity or my sorority that are black. And so they seek that they, they, they want that like sense from them that, yeah, they're not they're they're not racist like you like you just said. But it's not even that. It's also just like the guilt that can come up relates to the shock that 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 comes from being aware of this for the first time. And and the the common I, I we we don't need to get into the idea of white fragility, but white fragility is a, is a concept that is also getting a lot more um um a lot more popularity now that relates to that. And that'll get into the weeds a little bit, but basically Mm -hmm. to boil it down is when you are faced with all of these issues, it's natural to want to get comfort from it. And so one way is to get comfort is to either one, get be defensive. And we're trying to talk about not doing that, but also to try to seek out that, that validation and that consolation from the people that are the ones being affected by this on a daily basis. And that's, what's so difficult about it and that's what makes it so exhausting is because it's the the duality for people of color for and for for the purposes of this conversation for black people in this country to know that this is happening to their to their own and then to have to do the work of you know comforting their their white friends and family and Mm -hmm. it's it's just the idea of exhaustion rings true to that then yeah yeah I think this is a good point again to bring bring back in you know our perspective in terms of emotions and stuff like when you were just bringing up a second ago you know this is if we put it in you know an entirely different context for for any person pretty much ever when you are feeling afraid when you don't understand something um, when you are feeling attacked whatever you're going to get defensive yeah and you're going to maybe go to a place to try to you know particularly if you're feeling guilty to confirm something or to reassure yourself to comfort yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, which in and of itself is not a bad reaction. I mean, this is what we do with ourselves. You know, our, our feelings, particularly like something like sadness is kind of that, that comfort we give towards ourselves and, and sadness may come out of, um, of, you know, a response of guilt. Um, and so it's not that that, you know, that response makes sense and it's natural. It's at the same time. I think we need to look at that and recognize for the reasons you're saying, you know, that, um, you may do this, you may, you know, feel that kind of knee jerk reaction and to kind of notice it but let's not react only out of that mm-hmm. let's not react only out of a place for like okay let's just get me back to where i can feel comfortable again where, I, right. where i'm okay where you can reassure me you know um because that again is 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 counterintuitive to this whole thing because now you're not you're not understanding somebody anymore that's right. it's another way that we're just shutting down um but again i want to i want to you know really hammer that home of like to, to recognize and to have come back to that self-compassion of like this is you reacting to something. This is you dealing with some feelings that again, come back to this whole idea. Let's validate it, that this is difficult. Um, so just kind of to remind yourself like this, this is going to happen, but let's again, not use it to, as a reason to kind of just stop and then retreat back to the same things we were doing before. Right. Right. So, anyway. And this is not to say that you should be doing this work alone. 
like absolutely. you absolutely yeah. allyship is huge in all of this and and supporting you, you know just like people of color um having solidarity spaces where they get to um listen to other people that have gone through similar things that they do not not just people of color you know we talk there there are um there are a lot of different solidarity spaces where people that have had a a um a certain event or identity only in that space to to be able to empathize with one another this is also true for for white people doing this work you could mm-hmm. you can have allyship with other white people and talk about these things too so i want to make it clear that it's not this isn't saying no you need to do this all alone you need to not talk to anybody else yeah and yeah. you need to just deal with the discomfort that's not yeah. this yeah. is much more about still self-compassion still um understanding when you need support and finding that support um, there are healthy ways to go about this kind of work. So, so I, I want to make, I want to emphasize that point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it doesn't need to occur in a vacuum. And I, and I, if anything, I think that's kind of the most counterintuitive because when you're entirely alone in that way, you're, I think you're, you're more likely to just be retreating back to the defensive stance of these kind of things where it's like you, we, we need we need to all be talking about these things and I, and I hope really the message we're trying to get is that that it's complicated and difficult and it brings up a lot of emotions and that's all right yeah and let's be talking about that too not just yeah. the not just the the content of the of the conversation we're having but the emotional process that's coming up right um right. and and having that conversation with somebody like hey when I said that thing like how did that like what happened there like yeah. it seems like maybe you're a little annoyed with me or something what's going on or you know what, when you said that thing or whatever, like, I just got really anxious. I got really freaked out. Um, these are the kind of things we want to be, be talking about with one another um, so that we, we can have an understanding on a broader level, not just an intellectual one, but an emotional one. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important. Yeah, I agree. So as, as we start to kind of wind down from this discussion, Greg, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious if you have any other thoughts Going back to this idea of enough and what we can mm. do, we've been talking a lot about big, big steps, or at yeah. least what I consider big, big steps in mm. terms of the fight against oppression and racism in everyday life. Do you find, are there other suggestions you have for um, smaller ways to be a part of this kind of education and learning in your everyday life? Mm. Yeah, I I would. I, I think... I think again, um, you know, just to like thoroughly beat a dead horse here, like <laughs> the idea of um, of validating, you know, for for your day to day life, like it's it's not going to seem like a lot of these things are enough, but to really to give yourself the room for like you know anything, yeah, um, anything. Wait, one 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 exception though, we are not that? we are not talking about posting things, posting. On Facebook. That's no, right. we are not talking about that. <laughs> no, no. Social media will be covered in another episode. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, just to be, uh, you know, just disclose a little bit or something, you know, um, when you and I are talking about these things and, you know, um, and I wonder, if, I hope the recording didn't pick up too much of this because you can hear my, so I have a newborn baby um, and, <laughs> and another baby, um, a two-year-old. So, you know, talk about like my day-to-day life is something <laughs> um so so in that context it's like well what you know and, and I, again i've i've sat with those feelings of like oh man like i can, I can barely keep myself like like functional <laughs> mm-hmm. so 
so how am I also tackling this? And, and again, there's still an answer for that. And, um, I was, you, you and I were talking about this, um, separately, whatever, but Sarah and I watched, um, uh, black Klansman a couple weeks ago, which was phenomenal. Um, it was so good. Um, and just to use that as an example of like, you know, to, to seek out movies, TV shows, books, um, that are written, um, and starring on people of color, um, to frequent businesses by, um, owned by people of color, um, uh, you know, to, to, and these are simple things that just work their way into your everyday life. And I don't, I don't know how much you've been seeing this, but like, it's also, and again, I, I hope, you know, fingers crossed that this, this is a sign of things being different. It's not hard to find. Like yeah. you go on Netflix, you go on Spotify, you go on whatever, they have whole sections dedicated to creators of color and, um, and works and, and things you know, with people of color. So it's, it's not, these things are not, you know, super hard to find. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really just taking that, I don't know, that second to go that route um, and, and just to watch a movie, something you're right. going to do anyway, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it really does. I mean, I, I'll just speak from my own perspective because Sarah and I had a long conversation afterwards. Like it spawned a conversation between us. Yeah. Watching a movie, we had a long conversation about it. Like that did something. Um, and yeah. And you, and you are a, uh, I, I don't, I'm sure you're not going to mind me sharing this, but yeah. like you are a, a uh, fan of the the comic book genre i am i am indeed i am indeed. (laughs) and that is another comic books like all other art mediums are places where commentary can get made and education can get made and so i'm sure there are comic books out there that um for those of you that like comic books and graphic novels Mm. where you can learn more you can find out more information that can spark converse you know spark some interesting dialogue with your friends and family and I got one for you right now because okay. you gave your, your recommendation. I'll give mine. Um, this is um, this one. I've, I've read the, the author before. His name is David Walker um, in, in a uh, couple of different comic genres, but um, a series called bitter root. Mm. So B I T T R root um, is phenomenal. Um, it's so it's set in 1920s and the Harlem Renaissance um, for, for comic lovers, for anybody that does or doesn't know this stuff or whatever, like, think you know um hellboy meets harlem renaissance like you know as you know hellboy was a, a group of people fighting monsters or something this you know that that were with hellboy were, were themselves monsters but um this is a group of um a black family that's basically like monster hunters mm. um so like you have that which is already an intriguing thing with this entire context of systemic racism of um what it was like, you know, in the, the broader context of the 1920s, um, in the, um, uh, you know, the shadow of, of uh, slavery, all these kind of things. So that's, and it's just, it's really good. It's just really good. Um, that's great. So if you're interested in, you know, just something that's just really entertaining, but also will spark some of this stuff, um, that's a great one. Okay. Um, so anyway. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I would, I will add one other thing to this for, for kind of everyday things we can do. Um, certainly volunteerism is something, mm-hmm. um, volunteering your time for any cause. If you go online, you'll find all kinds of different opportunities related to, um, oppressed, um, areas of oppression and mm-hmm. minority identities that, um, organizations dedicated to the fight against oppression. For example, the NAACP, mm-hmm. uh, legal defense fund is one of yep. them. So if you could volunteer your time for those or something, that's one yeah. thing. And 
this is probably the one time I'll ever talk about this because I know that as a college student, people are usually not not uh, well funded in their no. <laughs> but if you no. could even donate, if you if you you know had a little extra in your paycheck and you wanted to donate five ten dollars to one yeah. of those causes, do it because when you do that, you get added to those lovely email lists mm-hmm. that we all yeah. have grown to to, to love. But yeah. but these email listings are different because they keep you informed on what's going on, and yeah. and so that could just be pick a pick a cause, pick an organization that speaks to something that you are interested around this topic, and then you get to stay informed from what they're doing because obviously part of it is they want you to donate more money, mm-hmm. but even that they just want you to be informed because that that helps um, yeah. people that are informed about their causes are more likely to take action for it. So that's, that's just one thing I'll add to the, to the conversation there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, well, I think, I think we did it. We, 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 we solved the issue of racial injustices <laughs> among college students, right? You know what's so funny? I was literally thinking like 20 minutes ago, I'm like, we need to end it with a, so we did it. We, you know, we did it. Like, shake we your hands it. like, that's it. All right. On to the next thing. I was like, but should we say that? I don't so we, know. I mean, it's a good <laughs> You went for it, yeah. so there you go. I I went for it. Why? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, it's a Friday. Who cares? Yeah. It's, oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, all right. I think that's a good place to end. If I ever. think so. I yeah. think so. Well, thank you all for listening today. Um, as always, if you liked what you heard, please review us on whatever platform you use. Tell your friends. Tell your families. Tell your uh, doormates if you're going back to college soon. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have something that you'd like to share with us, tell us how to improve. You can contact us directly by going to our website. That's anchor.fm slash college counseling core, C-O-R. Take care and be well. All right. Take it easy. Till the next time.